This is a Dece World production in association with Pants Pending Studios. Malakine, everyone. What's up? This is Deese, the host of The Social Hour, and I am here to talk about a brand new show I'm doing called The Dollar Band Podcast. It is a comic book review show where I take obscure, crappy dollar bin comics and tell you if they really are crappy or if they're hidden gems. Plus, we review a new trade paperback every week. Some kind of obscure, random stuff, and we make fun of Rob Liefeld a lot. So pack up that nerd rage, crawl out of your parents' basement long enough to take a listen to an episode, and use the Wi-Fi that they pay for in the cell phone plan that you're on. New episodes every Friday at DeeseComedy.com. They're not PC So if occasional foul language turns you off Then you have all been warned This is the call before the storm Hello, I'm Kate Beckinsale Get ready for the social hour Live from Peace World Studios in Spokane, Washington this is the Social Hour. On today's show from the Ex-Wife Podcast, Justin and Alicia. And now your host. He'll never have an ex-wife because no woman is dumb enough to ever marry him. He's Cassius. Malab Keen, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is the Social Hour. I am Dees. Thank you for coming around for another episode. We have a fun one planned for you, as always. Uh, before we get into that, uh, guys, as usual, go to DeeseComedy.com. Check out everything going on across the network. Uh, some imperfections will be coming back uh, this next week, so keep an eye out for that. You can t- uh, submit your questions and topics on our Instagram page, some.imperfections, or Facebook. We also have live comedy events coming back across the Northwest. Uh, Nearly Famous Comedy will be touring all throughout April and May, so check that out, guys. We are coming to a city near you. And also a shout-out to our uh, newest sponsor, Blue Spot Comics, your source for all uh, things comic books. Uh, Rare variants, number ones, back issues, new comics, uh, vintage Star Wars collectibles, gaming equipment, and much, much more. So follow them on Blue Spot Comics at Instagram and more guys otherwise just hit up the website you know what to do uh check out everything going on across the network uh that's it for commercials get that uh stuff out of the way the head the uh the the heavy lifting the the pay and the bills stuff uh now on to the fun stuff guys we have a we have a uh i'm excited for this episode um because I feel like I'm uh, going through what these folks are going through right now. Uh, from the Ex-Wife podcast, we have Justin and Alicia. How's it going, guys? Great. It's awesome to be here. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. This is, uh, uh, I, I found you guys through, or I was introduced to you guys through um, 
the uh, our sponsor, Blue Spot Comics, on Instagram uh, was connected with you guys, and if it sounded very interesting to me because uh, currently my girlfriend is we're we're going through all the Marvel Universe movies um you know i do a bunch of comic book stuff and so she's i'm trying to get her into it also i don't know if i'm trying to get her into it i'm just trying to make her understand why i why do it <laughs> yeah um so i was i was listening to your show earlier uh today uh i i skipped a lot of the first season because i just uh, I, I'm not. I'm just starting to tiptoe into the Hickman X-Men, so I didn't want to get a lot of spoilers. Um, oh yeah, there would have been so many spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So but I the second season's great for people that of all ranges of fandom because we kind of go throughout the history of the X-Men and various high points. Yeah, it, I, I was looking. I was reading the descriptions. I listened to. I started listening to one about Excalibur. I started listening to one about uh, the very first episode uh, issue of X Men, uh, and then I listened to your very first episode that you guys did. But tell me how this idea came to fruition. I mean, how long have you guys been doing it? You got about I don't know, like thirty five episodes out there or so, probably. Yeah, we started mid October. Yeah, releasing October twenty twenty. Okay. So. Not that long. Yeah, not that I, long. I had tried unsuccessfully to get Alicia into comics a couple of years ago, a couple, and, and she she tried. You know, <laughs> got got to give her credit that she, she made a made a good effort on on the Hawkspox, the Jonathan Hickman story relaunch. Yes. And she's like, I don't understand what I just. What's happening? Oh, I lost you. Is this? Oh, there you go. Got you again. Sorry, I lost the audio for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I was like, what is happening right now? I would read it, look at it, and just be like, yeah, mm, okay, bye. I'm done with this. <laughs> um, but then when all of the pandemic stuff started, I basically had a bunch of free time, and a friend of mine was like, hey, do you want to start a podcast together? And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And we started kind of brainstorming ideas and we didn't really land on anything that we felt could actually be a podcast. Yeah. So then that idea sort of fell away and that's where Justin came in with this like- I saw an opportunity <laughs> and I struck. You know, I saw, hey, well, hey, you know, what we could do is I could just explain X-Men comics and you could react and ask questions as a new fan. And this would be kind of a way for other people that are interested in or that know the movies or the cartoons, but don't really have a, a knowledge of the comics or the source material where it comes from. Yeah. And I was on board because I didn't have to, the, the proposition was that I wouldn't have to do any work before we recorded. <laughs> I would get to have the comics explained to me and I could just look at the pictures and hear what Justin was oh, saying. Wow. And then, you know, put in my two cents about what was going on. So that's a pretty, was, yeah, that's a, that's a good way good. to do it. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to do any of the heavy lifting. You just get to react and, uh, and, and, and feign, uh, interest. <laughs> yes. The, well, it started out that way, but then I have a very, let's call it a criminal minds brain. And so, especially with the house of X powers of 10 series, there's all these like connections. And so I started to go like, very deep into trying to figure out what everything meant and sure. actually reading the book. And I created a whole 
like board that explained board. a bunch <laughs> of things and I won't say what they are because I don't want to give spoilers, but it it sort of made me dive in in a deeper way. And now I'm oh. actually reading comics, which is was his whole secret plan the whole time. I walked into this room one day, unaware of what was going on. Yeah. And she had this note cards, yarn, a <laughs> uh, board, yeah. and just this frazzled and frantic look on her face. It doesn't make any sense. Right, like a scene from the Zodiac Killer. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I have so many questions because I don't um, and I don't know where exactly where to start on this because I, I'm like I said, I personally grew up a huge X-Men fan. Um, I've, I've floated in and out of comics several times. Um, most recently, I kind of left in about, oh, I don't know, probably 2014 and 2015, kind of towards the end of Bendis's first run on X-Men and um just pick stuff up again in the last year and uh i kind of went back and started reading like the x-men red gold blue those series from like 2017 2018 and i've i've read the first vault i i haven't read house of x any of that stuff i have the hardcover waiting for me house of x dawn of x power all that stuff but i did read the first volume of like uh x-force marauders and hellions um so kind of the ancillary books um i'm a huge my the my reason originally because i'm a huge havoc fan so i'm like i'll just read this and i'm like well i heard marauders good so i'll read that then i'm next thing you know i'm reading a bunch of them again uh that's how they get you they just suck you suck you in um but i haven't i have yeah exactly you know yeah you know you read one you got to read them all and i i have the first two volumes in trade paperback form of hickman's x-men run i just haven't even touched them yet um so i want i mean i don't want to get too many spoilers but i do want to know kind of what uh um i mean let's start with this justin you're you you said you were kind of an x-men fan uh growing up but not huge you had other comic books and stuff you you were into i mean you you kind of got into x-men with hickman's run is that correct no so so she did uh i've been a x-men fan since i can remember i got into the comics after getting into the animated series okay. back in the early 90s all right and then my my godfather my uncle he was a huge comic collector back in his day and every time i'd go over his house he'd take out these giant bins and we'd go through all these back issues wow. and give me a handful to take home and you know i i just was trying to piece together this larger story of what was going on <laughs> It really started to pick up when I got a few of the black and white essential reprint books yeah. of Claremont's original run. Yeah. And I just read through all of those, loved the deep stories and the, this long building narrative, and then just kind of went crazy. You know, and it, this was around the time where I could ride my bike to a comic shop nearby yeah. <laughs> and spent all my allowance on, on comics. And, and it fell off in college, but. Uh, I got back into it because of Hoxpox, because of Hickman's run. Okay, so there was a gap where you weren't weren't reading. What kind of what eras were you? Would you say you were not reading, and did you ever catch up on those? So now I kind of pick and choose about, especially when I find out what's relevant to the current comics, mm -hmm. and trying to highlight the things that are being referenced into those those back issues. But I'd say. It was probably around 2005, so around it was probably just after House of M. 
Okay, that's where you jump back in. No, that's why. That's where I fell off. Fell it off. was like when I graduated high school, was going to college, didn't Got have any it. money, no, yeah. <laughs> didn't have the ability to pick up the weeklies, and uh, it was a couple of years ago I started reading those same black and white essential books. Actually, the same ones that I had when I was a kid. Yeah. On vacation one day, and I was like, "Wow, I, I love these. I, this. Why did I never?" And and that just spiraled into this madness of, "All right, I'm not gonna just read." uncanny i'm gonna read every spin-off title every mini series yeah every, so the entire claremont run plus everything that came out of it which is a lot that whole era has a lot of stuff i mean you know not just new mutants x factor things like that i mean you have mini series uh offshoot characters you know the fallen angels x terminators all these random mini series from the 80s and early yeah. 90s, you know um, so that's a lot to read. I mean, I, it's funny cause I definitely was there and did, I did all that, uh, you know, probably got 20 years ago kind of was my, my time going through trying to figure all that out. And it is, it's a lot to chew on and a lot to go through, but if you want to get the whole picture, um, it's, it can, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you kind of got to do it. It really gives you that appreciation for long continuity storytelling that, you know, he, Claremont and, and then all of the people that he was collaborating with were really building this as a story that wasn't just a single issue. It was yeah. something that would build over a year. And if you came back to this team two or three years later, they would be a different team. They would have grown. They would have changed. Yeah. They would have had been affected by real world thing, well, real world, quote unquote. But yeah, superhero things yeah. that happened to him. Well, it's one of those, uh, it's it's actually in a recent episode of the Dollar Bin podcast, I was talking about Scott Lobdell's run on the first Generation X series, which yeah. uh, t to me is one of the best series, X series ever, uh, at least his run anyway. And I, I personally, Scott Lobdell is one of the most underrated X writers, I think, ever. That guy has some of the best uh, comics in the, in the X-Men series. But it was all, it was about people. It was about characters. There was very little like villain and knock them down, that type of thing. It was about the characters. And that's where, that's the fun part. And uh, uh, Claremont was really good at, he even said uh, one time in an interview, he's like, uh, most of the storylines I wrote, I had no ending for them. I would just create these open ended storylines and then just keep writing. And eventually, you know, sometimes they figured them out. Some there's some he left and never, you know, he never got to finish writing. Yeah, that was, you know, credit to his editors that were tracking all these loose threads. They're like, <laughs> hey, you can play with these things. You have these things left open. Yeah. Remember this little nugget? Yeah, yeah. right. Like the third uh, summer's brother was around forever until, you know, until there's multiple ways recently. that's been finished, depending on how you look at it, too. Well, that's that's kind of interesting that you bring that up. So. I don't know if you there's this new series x-men legends yes that it just had its second issue yesterday or th this week yeah where mm -hmm. they're teaming up original creators returning back to those dropped plot threads before they were ever able to finish them so cool. the first two issues were about adam x extreme yeah and this mystery of the third summers brother so fabian nicieza brett booth are the creators on on that story uh Claremont's coming back for a couple of issues. Oh, wow. The next couple of issues are Walter and Louise Simonson returning back to their original run on X Factor. So they, they legitimately take 
a moment in time, like in between issues and expand on something that never got finished. Yeah, I actually uh, got to have Fabian on the show a couple months ago. And we it was, it was oh, about, cool. yeah, it was before that dropped. And that, we were talking about it. And I was really excited because I like Fabian a lot. And Brett Booth is, is an artist. So, um, yeah, I mean, I started, I picked up, I don't really do monthlies anymore. Um, I just wait and do the trade paperbacks. But, um, I mean, that one, I'm like, all right, I got to. <laughs> I gotta read this. Um, gotta do it. So, Alicia, you—I uh, heard you uh, did watch the movies, at least kind of the second oh, yeah. run of movies. That's kind of where your introduction to X Men was. Um, so, what did you know? I mean, wh- is there? I mean, obviously, you know, I heard you like Harry Potter, things like that. You talk about that in the show. Yes. So, what was the aversion to committing to the comic books as opposed to the movies for you? I think it was that I underestimated comic books sure. and I, because I love to read books. Yeah. Like I love books, but I was just like, okay, comic books is just going to be a lot of fighting and it's not going to be interesting. And I'm, and I like a story that I think I really enjoy being able to make up what I'm seeing in my head and yeah, then okay. see how it translates to a movie or something or a TV show when it's adapted. But I was also just, a little overwhelmed by how much I seemingly needed to already know to read the comics. And I was like, I don't know anything. Like I know nothing. I thought I know things from the movies and everything I know is not true or (laughs) it's like tweaked. And so I just, I just was like, it's just another thing to add to my list that I don't want to add to my list. Yeah. And it wasn't really anything about the characters or, you know, the storylines, because I love all nerd things. Um, but I just, I think I, I was I'm feeling a little overwhelmed and maybe I was a little too judgmental of comics. Sure. Yeah, I think that happens and then a lot. I got in. Yeah, once you get in, it, it can suck you in quick. I, 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 uh, yep. <laughs> I, I think people are very uh, judgmental of the medium and don't give it its due. I mean, you know, the uh, X-Men has ups and downs with writers as far as the quality, obviously, like any comic book. But I mean, the medium itself, I'm not sure how far either of you foray into other other books. But I mean, you know, y- you start reading things like that Brian K. Vaughn is doing with like uh, what he did with like Saga or Paper Girls and things like that. I'm not sure if you guys have read anything. So, um my our brother-in-law actually just said to us like you guys need to read saga and i was like oh i'll add it to my list and he's like put it to the top of your list and yeah. then ordered it and had it delivered to our house so i haven't read it yet but did you get the compendium the whole the big one all 54 it's issues it's like um it's the first trade yeah it's okay. the first trade paper ball, so. yeah i uh i i read about half the series when it came out and then uh that's kind of around the time i stopped collecting i just recently ordered i I haven't gotten to it but i have the compendium which is all 54 issues which i'm going to chew through i highly suggest anything by brian k vaughn um yeah saga paper girls uh why the last man um there's a lot of really great stuff out there in comics that's you know even outside of uh god you have like uh i mean if you like hickman who's doing the X-Men now. I mean, his series mm-hmm. East of West from image mm-hmm. was yeah. amazing. So, you know, there's a lot. I of also that. had a, I also had a bad taste in my mouth because the second time I started to try to read comics. So we had gone to Justin's parents' house and gotten a bunch of old comics yeah. to bring 
here. My, and my parents were moving and they were like, you got to take all these with you. We're not, yeah, we're not they, taking they're them. either going with you or they're going in the trash. Yeah. So we took them, saved them, saved the comics. And so I, you know, I love the MCU and I'm a big Captain America fan. So okay. I was like, oh, look, Captain America comics from like, a long, long time ago. I did not recommend this comic. It <laughs> no. was just out of the bin and I was organizing this run. It was yeah. just there. So he was like, he was like, you, I don't know if that's really where you want to start. And I was like, yes, I do. I love Captain America. And I read it and I was like, oh, this is, this is special. It's its own unique story that's very cheesy and it is the, the same story over and over again and i'm not sure how much i like wait, it was it, it was, the, was it the heroes reborn with rob liefeld how did i know exactly how did i know that it was gonna be that <laughs> i think it was the, the unsure like ah uh, negative feeling and <laughs> bad was, taste in my mouth but, I, I, I was like what I, what is happening like what is this yeah and then i was like nah I'm not it's rob liefeld what he does he gets he's yep. confusing and he confuses people into still giving him money to do things in comic books somehow <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that's a that's a bad place to be in in comic books in general yeah but then once we now my problem is more so that i there's just not enough time in a yeah. day and there's not enough i don't have enough answers i constantly We'll get upset when we do an episode and we talk about something and then I'm like, okay, but what's the rest of the story? Like, tell me everything I need to know about every <laughs> single character. And Justin's always like, Alicia, there's over 60 years of comics. Like, I can't just right. give it all to you. And I'm like, why not? Yeah, That's it's it's a lot. That was the idea, and <laughs> she she reacted at the end. The idea with our second season was to just kind of give you tastes throughout history. Sure. You know, these are not only the, the big moments that I loved reading initially, but also the ones that give you that foundation, that backstory. So you, you said that you had read uh, that first run or the first trade of Marauders. So we visited a handful of episodes where Kitty becomes into herself you know the days of future past god yeah. loves man kills these really classic stories but when we when we finished the first episode uh, the first issue of days of future past she was so mad like I was if, very angry at the end of it so what happens what, what that's the end like what, what, what where's the end of the story what what is this nonsense <laughs> and then he's like nah secrets i prepared part two and yeah. i was like oh thank goodness <laughs> You can find, I need to know. find out what happens to Kitty. Yeah, that's uh, and I mean, imagine the people who had to literally, you know, wait. They had to wait a month or longer to get the next. Yeah, yeah she couldn't wait 20 minutes. No, <laughs> this is my problem. I need an answer now. Like I, sometimes I'll read a book and I will be like almost done with the book. And I'm like, is there a part two of this book? Let me order it immediately. So yeah. it's here as soon as or go to the bookstore immediately because I need it. As soon as I'm done, I need the next one. I want to just keep on reading. And then I won't reading. sleep until I read the whole series. Well, Alicia, I, good news is you will never read it all. You could read, you could spend your whole life reading and you wouldn't get through all of the continuity of uh, X-Men comics. Believe me, I've tried. I've gotten, I'm, I feel like I've gotten pretty close, but uh, I don't know if I'll ever make it. And honestly, it, I don't, I wouldn't say I love X-Men, but I wouldn't say it's all, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there are some low points. There are definitely some low points, and and ideally we're kind of cherry picking our way to to give you those best experiences. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, 
they're at post Claremont. It's very, I wouldn't even say post Claremont. I would say post Lobdell. Um, it's very touch and go. So, I mean, that's, you know, even in Claremont's run, there's some low points. Uh, but I have a weird, like I'm my favorite lineup. My favorite, uh, comics is, uh, kind of X-Men lineup is the Outback comics with uh yeah. yeah i mean i havoc i don't want an x-men team that doesn't have havoc dazzler and Longshot on it like that's my <laughs> that's my go-to that's a great era we actually met mark silvestri at new york comic-con the last time we oh, were there nice. and really nice guy had him sign a couple of issues from inferno mm -hmm. and especially just leading into the outback era where they're just doing a whole new take on on what it is that they're doing they're yeah. able to be off the grid and just do really interesting things and, and a, and a team lineup that had not been seen before. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the, one of the nice things about what I'm seeing in the new Hickman run is you get a lot of characters who weren't really being used, pushed to the forefront, which I do like that. Cause I am mo most of my favorite characters are like D list at best. Uh, <laughs> especially, especially Hellions. I mean, Hellions is yeah. like, yeah all the random guys that you never even thought of after they were in that couple of like nanny and orphan maker uh on a team like you don't even know that i means. don't know who that is <laughs> right. yeah yeah but you will but you will yes so uh, alicia when were you when do you think you was what was the moment was there a story was there a character what was it that got you where you're like oh my god i do like this uh well i love magneto like i love magneto if i could be magneto i would be magneto what about I magneto just, like, do you love so much his 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 I passion i love that he has this like elusive nature about him but he also he's so passionate about what he does but it's like very subtle yeah I just like I love his manner is like his manner of I'm I am Magneto like I am correct yeah I know and right. I can destroy you if I'd like oh, to oh you know what's and I just like hold on one love a villain one second I'm gonna grab something to show you something one second oh my god I'm so excited It's it's funny how much you love Magneto. I just I do. Uh, this shirt just arrived last oh, night. Oh my God! Yes, I I ordered that. Nice. Uh, yeah, Magneto was right. Uh, that's <laughs> uh, yes. That, yeah, that that just that just showed up in my house yesterday for me. So uh, nice. Yeah, I. He's, but I think I. Oh, go ahead. I would say my overall like why like what really got me hooked i very much enjoyed the new the second trilogy of movies and so i was kind of invested in that story and those characters and sort of like how that story was told and then when we started reading or going through the comics it was for me the the realization that there was a lot more depth to the story than i thought there would be yeah and the way that the house of x powers of 10 um those two storylines like merged within each other. It was for me like the 
the realization that there is this ongoing universe that never ends. And like you said, like, I can't read it all. So I get very attached. Like she I gets get depressed when a show ends yeah, abruptly. When a, when a show ends, when a book series is over, I'm just like, no, 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 no. I've made friends with those people in yeah. my brain and I need to hold on to them forever and always. So the fact that, you know, getting into this and there was all these like mysteries to be solved and connections to be made and Easter eggs to pull out and this knowing that I could do this literally forever was like, ah, yes, I am home. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why she was so upset about kind of these pick and choose moments. She literally yelled at me during an issue, uh, during an episode, like, I feel like we're starting a bunch of TV shows and I'm not figuring out what happens next. <laughs> like, like a I'm bunch not getting... of TV shows are getting canceled. Do you know when they like cancel a TV show and they don't give you the ending? Yeah. And then I'm like, no, excuse me. Can someone just like write me a letter and right. tell me how you were planning on ending it? I needs to know what happens to Brooke Shields and suddenly Susan, you know, like, right? There's no, no, there was, <laughs> there was a show that was on for like one season. It was called Terra Nova and it was like time travel. They were living in the age of dinosaurs. And I was like all about it. Yeah. And then it had a huge cliffhanger ending. And then they were like, yeah, we're canceling this. Yeah, we're done. Isn't that like the Firefly thing? Isn't that? Isn't yep. that kind of what happened with that show where it, it was it was why it had kind of a cult following, but then they uns, unceremoniously canceled it and never got its ending. Yeah, that's the most depressing thing to me. Yeah, <laughs> you just you have to be able to see it, see the end before they take it away from you or just make up your own, write a bunch of fan fiction. Yeah, you can do that, too. <laughs> so, um, I mean, this is there's a lot a lot to choose from obviously you've gone through things like uh excalibur even which uh is you know kind of the probably the one of the wildest offshoots of, of yes. x-men um have you is there one you hate and is there one you love out of the offshoots that you've found is there one i hate uh, excalibur yes. you hate and there's excalibur. also an x-men that i dis dislike strongly Cyclops. Okay. It's not my, I'm not a fan of Cyclops. Yeah. And when she says Excalibur, it's more the, the newer run that she, I just don't had trouble finding what it was pulling from. The, yeah. The, the brand, from the brand new one with, uh, with, yes. okay. Yeah. Like the, the offshoot, the Dawn of X one. I'm okay. like, what is, what is even happening right now? I don't understand. I felt, um, like shamed for not knowing things in X history. I was like, okay, this one's not for me. <laughs> um, but I love, like, I love Kate. I love Marauders. We've, I've only read one issue so far, but I love it. Yeah. The, and I love Emma Frost. Uh, Emma Frost is like, the, you know, here's my, when I started reading the, uh, the books I have with Hickman's era, like I said, I think, yeah, Hellions, X-Force, uh marauders and i think those are the only one oh and i read new mutants um mm. my i the thing i kind of kept running into and it's not super exciting me to read hickman's x-men is there's a couple things i see that kind of give me uh pause one of them is uh so they have unlimited money um they all all the mutants live in harmony on an island together uh and anyone can be reanimated and brought back to life at any time so i'm kind of reading this and going like okay it's in it's interesting but like there's no stakes 
Like there's no yeah. there's no weight to this story, you know, because like, oh, they die. Yeah. OK, cool. We'll, uh, you know, bring we'll, them back. we'll bring them back and we still have a billion dollars and all the mutants are on an island kind of being in, you know, working in essentially harmony together. Um, yeah. So those those plot points are really kind of, I mean, I'm going to keep I'm going to read them. But, you know, those things are a little are kind of weird sticking points to uh, kind of take away from any potential weight of the story. Yeah, I mean, we we just did uh, X Factor. X Force number one. Uh, why do I keep doing that? Uh-huh. Multiple times I've made that mistake. Uh, yeah, we just did X Force, and I, at the end of the first issue, I was like, I don't care. This is I'm not scared. Well, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. I'm not worried about this because I know you can just bring people back. And that's that's exactly where I had that same thought was reading X Force, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, someone gets they're mowing them, these characters down as they're fighting the villain, and I'm like, and like you know, <laughs> just wait a day and a half, you grow a new one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my only hope is that there's gonna there is that Hickman's clever enough that we're gonna see some long lasting ramifications of that. Like, what's the moral implication of bringing someone back? Are you bringing back? you know, their soul, that person, you know, that's that type of stuff. I mean, when you have someone like Nightcrawler who's religious, you know, it's like, how yeah. does that affect your religious, even though heaven won't take him back or whatever that story is, yeah. uh, you know, like that, you know, there's some, there's some implications there that could be interesting, but who knows if they'll ever play with. I th- so they're definitely setting up those questions to be asked and pulling on some of those threads Hickman, particularly, his his run on X Men is very wide open in the sense where you know I wouldn't say they're one and done issues; they're one and open. You know, yeah. it, it's kind of hey, we're we're taking this one point or this one idea and we're furthering it a little bit. And there's one issue in particular where they're talking about the consequence of what they're doing. Yeah, you know, and and kind of asking those bigger questions, which I think is kind of cool because it gets more into the philosophy of this bigger world, this bigger culture that they're trying to build, which, you know, I, I totally agree with the stakes. I was actually talking to someone on Twitter the other day about, you know, we've seen, we kind of, we kind of know that we could do anything we want. So what's the, what's the big driving thing? Yeah. But I I think that they're going to, I think there's still curtains to drop things to be revealed. I feel like it has to be. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I hope so. I think Hickman's talented enough and clever enough that he would have thought that far ahead. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah, it's just kind of this can go on in perpetuity. And why would they ever why would they ever stop? You know, it's like, yeah, just yeah. Keep, keep sending them out. We'll just grow a new one. And that's, yeah. you know, no, there's no real implications. And like, how big can Krakoa get? Because if the whole like one of the laws is to make more mutants. So like, sure, you can keep making mutants, and then you can never die. Yeah, that's really <laughs> so. What? Where does it go? When does it stop? Yeah, when is enough enough? Well, I think you know, in something I read, in one of the issues or one of the trade paperbacks I was reading recently, of something that you know, some character was talking about, essentially extrapolating it until mutants were no longer the minority and were you know the taking their place as the evolution and being the, the essentially the superior race on the planet in control and power. 
So, uh, I, and like when, at what point do we have, you know, them all kind of being on the same side kind of makes it boring too, though, right? Like, wouldn't, you know, you kind of having some conflict, it's just them against the world at the, you know, right. yeah, you kind of want some conflict between keeping them all in peace is a little boring. But I, I mean, can you really trust long term some of these questionable characters? Yeah. No. Well, no, yeah, you wouldn't think so. Right. <laughs> The, right, mean, so you know, there's got to be something brewing underneath the surface uh, on some of their minds. Yeah, where does it break? Who breaks first? What are the odds? Who's the first guy to betray them? I don't want to tell you because because <laughs> he's like, as I know. Oh, you already know. <laughs> God, uh, <laughs> so it's already happened. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, you know some past x-men stuff you've been reading for a long time justin give me your you know i mean let's talk about favorite creators do you have a favorite uh writer for the series over the time favorite artist uh definitely claremont i mean it's hard to compete with just the longevity that he had on the title the yeah. impact that he had on the foundation of these characters and to your point earlier about character driven storytelling you know we've we've talked to him a couple times at comic cons and just the love that he had for these characters he yeah. treated them as real people they yeah. lived in his head and you know there was depth to them that we never saw or heard uh the x-men classics uh kind of back issue inserts that he did later on that kind of deepened the continuity gave us a slight hint of all the stuff that he had going on in the back of his mind yeah and just how much that he added to that that series and that foundation you know, the stan stan and jack made the x-men but claremont really developed that world into the metaphor and into the teams and and the societies the the big mutant question that it became yeah oh yeah absolutely i mean he 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 wrote those characters with real he's one of the few writers that I feel like really gave them depth and characteristics as, as people like not just like, Hey, I'm writing, uh, you know, a person I'm writing this character and they just go do this. They fit into this missing mission. He really had, they had character traits and, and they were consistent and unique um, in all individuals, you know? Yeah. And the internal conflict and self doubt, it made them relatable as characters as, as people beyond mm -hmm. just the superhero moniker, you know, Nightcrawler questioning his place and, and being also just in his physical form, right? You have Nightcrawler, he's my favorite X-Man, looks like a demon, but is the nicest guy, pursues, yeah. you know, Catholicism, being a priest and uh, wants to be this, this lovable, fun character, but the way that the outside world reacts to him creates this deep pain and trauma to him. I feel like that's what makes them so interesting and, and, and everlasting is that they have this internal conflict within each one of them that's different and unique. Yeah, that, that dichotomy that really builds them as as a unique person. I, yeah, the idea, I was going to say, yeah, Nightcrawler being Catholic in his religious uh, roots, even something as simple as making uh, Kitty Jewish and things like that, and having those be things that are elements of their life that actually are relevant to stories at times, you know, instead of just uh, something you say about someone and then it never comes up again. They're, they're relevant to who they are and how they react to things. And, and really cultivating that into the larger metaphor, right? So Kitty 
and Magneto both being Jewish and, and how deeply that affected their characterization and their, you know, Magneto, especially the driving purpose. Claremont wrote his backstory. You know, Magneto was just kind of this mustache twirling bad guy in the early 60s, early to late 60s, but he gave him depth and gave him this character arc that kind of redeemed him in a way that made him want to see the potential for a better world. And I feel like that's why he's such a interesting character because he's not just a murder the humans. He's right. a protect my people for the salvation of what we deserve. Yeah. And, and being a Holocaust survivor, I feel like at, he's seen this before. He's yeah. seen this happen to his friends and family. He's not going to let it happen again. Yeah, it, it almost, you know, like, you know, like because he's Alicia's favorite character and like the shirt and things like that. I, you know, I just mm-hmm. got y- you kind of in a sense, he is right. And, you know, I mean, he's uh, his methods may not always be right, um, but but I have, I, I, I have a shirt. I have a shirt. Magneto made some valid points. <laughs> yes. Magneto made some. Yeah, not always Magneto, wrong. you know, there there were a lot of murdery things that he did. Sure, sure. Uh, he made some good points, and yeah, there was there, there was times that he was right, and there was times he was like, "Oh damn, Eric!" Like, yeah, uh, that, that, that's a little crazy, but okay. Yeah, I mean, you, but I mean, you you talk about his reasoning and what he's going after. You're like, well, you're not necessarily wrong. Uh, right. and, uh, it's that kind of, uh, gray area that makes it very interesting, especially when you're talking yeah. about a, a book that's based around, uh, race and, you know, and equality essentially in, in differences. And it's interesting because we've been watching the animated series from mm-hmm. the nineties and they really introduce him as such where it, it, you don't immediately see Magneto as a bad guy. Yeah. You see him as another option of what to consider as how to build a better world for his people. And there are some turns that he does, and he does essentially get manipulated by some other people to, to further in a way that you might not agree with. But uh, there were some some key lines in the first couple of episodes where he, he appears where it's like, is this, am I supposed to identify with Magneto? Because I'm really <laughs> feeling this whole... Yeah, but the, the, thing, vibe. the thing about Magneto is he's transparent. Yeah. Like, he's not going to tell you he's doing one thing and do something else. Like, even if he's going to outright murder someone, he's just going to be like, this is my plan. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, I don't have secret motives. Y'all know why I'm here and what I'm <laughs> doing. And, like, I'm going to do it. Whereas, you know, Charles Xavier. I ruined Charles for her. He's a lying <laughs> jerk. Well, he will. I mean, I will say that. I mean, it. He he's become that character over the years. He's done a lot. I mean, the more that comes out, you're like, man, Charles kind of sucks. Um, yes, he does. I I do think that uh, Justin, did you read? You read during the, uh, or did you read like during the Grant Morrison run? Have you read that run? Yep. Okay. Oh yeah. So Cassandra Nova. Yeah. So I that time frame. Um, I feel like there was, I always say this about that, that's that run. Um, it's a great, uh, comic book series. It's not a great X-Men comic book series. Like it, it, it changed the X-Men and the X-Men has never really been the same since it, it took away the family element. It took away the closeness and it just kind of pushed it to this level of like, everyone kind of can hate anyone at any time. And, um, 
really, really d disassembled a lot of the best elements of the X-Men. It's never really been the same since then. Um, and that kind of catapulted Charles into this level of like s sociopathic fucking who knows. Yeah. What, what was it? What was the issue that I first was like, I hate you, Charles? It was, was it? It was Deadly Genesis. It was Deadly Genesis. So yeah. what happened right after House of M and was the reveal of Vulcan as the third Summers brother and, and Charles having manipulated people. It was basically a, a way to introduce the fact that there's more to Charles than just the surface level guy that we all think is got yeah. everyone's best intentions. In I mind. just don't like that. He, he makes decisions for people. Like it's not your choice right. to choose what memories I have. If I don't want them hidden from me, that's not your choice. Charles, Charles in charge. He's yeah. not in charge of me. <laughs> well, isn't that, again, the dichotomy between uh, how people view Magneto and Xavier? Xavier is considered the good guy, but uh, he will lie to you. He will manipulate to do what he believes is right, where at least Magneto is honest and says, you may not agree with it, but this is what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 This, this is the cause that I'm furthering. This is what I think is best for my people. You are welcome to challenge and and have that conversation with you're me. You're welcome to challenge me, but you won't win. Because <laughs> I'm Magneto and you know, you're know you in a metal yeah. container. <laughs> yes. So uh, let's, let's talk about uh, characters in the X universe. Um, I'll have you guys both answer this question if you would. I'm going to say if you could make your uh, dream lineup six, six characters, what's your roster? Six characters. Any six isn't you can you can pull from you know other other books other X Men X related books you know basically anyone who's been in an X Men or X Men ancillary title. Okay, Magneto, Storm, Kate slash Kitty, whatever you'd like to call her. I still call her Shadow Cat. I hang on to that one. <laughs> What else is she called? Sprite. She was one? called Sprite. Yes, briefly. Sprite. Sprite. Ariel. Ariel. Too many names. Yeah. She's got too many names. Yeah. Um, okay. Magneto, Storm, Kate, Blink. I'm like looking around the room. There's a bunch <laughs> of action figures. Trying to get ideas. Um, oh, I'm putting... I'm putting um, Wanda on there. She's a mutant in my mind, so uh, I'm putting Wanda on my team. She is a mutant. And, like and Wolverine. All right, it's a hell of a lineup. I like the Wanda choice That's also. I've always, uh, I've always been, I've always wanted her to be more involved in the X universe. So, you know, we had Quicksilver yeah. in different iterations and never got Wanda. Yeah. What's your team? You're thinking so hard right now. I know. This well, is a so, loaded question. <laughs> I knew I knew right off the bat we were both gonna have Magneto and Storm. Oh Magneto okay. and Storm are yeah. Magneto and Storm I mean, Storm's the leader and Magneto's the muscle slash council because he's been there yeah. and seen some shit, right? Uh Iceman. Okay. Just because of where his power can go and, and evolutions of his power that, that I don't even think that you know what he can do with it. So much I don't know. That's three. That's three. Halfway yeah. there, baby. 
I, I'm going to put Havoc on there because nice. I feel like that you need you need that general plasma shooting, you know, powerhouse to be yeah. able to. And then mm. plus yeah, he's got more. so much personality. Havoc has some of the best like backstory as a character, just kind of, you know, different personality that he's uh, really he's really gone through a lot. That guy. Yeah. Uh, magic. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. And I get one more. You get one more. Hmm. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. <laughs> that's Excellent a, that's, choice. That's a hell of a lineup. Dead uh, anybody's on the table. Yeah. That, <laughs> he looked right at me from across the room. And I was like, yep. Yeah, that's the one. It's about noise coming on my team. <laughs> Old Apocalypse or Kid Apocalypse? Old Apocalypse. There you get go. Get out of here. The OG, OG <laughs> Apocalypse. Um, yeah. how about if you had to, uh, rank the original five best to worst? I know Alicia's putting Cyclops at the bottom. Um, uh, five, he's number five, go, to, go away. Cyclops. And so ranking the original five, where they were then or where they grow to be. Uh, let's do an aggregate total of like what you think, uh, just all around as a character, uh, you know, over the years. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like... Because despite hatred for Cyclops, Alicia, you have to admit, he has had quite a character arc over the time. Yes, yes, yes. You're correct. And he's a great leader. Yeah. And also, I, he's had the best, co consistently the best costumes, too. He's never had a bad costume. All He's had a lot true. of costumes, and they've all been great. I really like his new one. Yeah, I really like his new one. That's true. And poor Jean Grey, Marvel Girl. She's her costumes. Yeah, she's never had a great one. The Phoenix costume was the best. Agreed. And, yeah. And the X Men Red, that recent series, yeah. she had a pretty good costume. Yeah, that was pretty good. Reminiscent of the Marvel not in the '90s, Jim Lee. That's that's a good costume too. I like that one too. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll put Jean as is going to be my number one. Okay. And then I'll do Angel because he gets to be Archangel. Because that he works with Apocalypse. I don't know a lot, so I'm just like pulling random <laughs> shit together for my answer. Um, then I guess I'll go Cyclops. Ooh, then, yeah, yeah, fun. yeah, 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 yeah. And then Iceman, and then Beast is last. Okay. okay. I don't like him. I don't like his, like, I'm not a blue person, and then I am a blue person. Yeah, I've never found Beast particularly interesting, to be honest with you. The only time, and I'll agree with that completely. I, I don't think he's interesting. I think he's kind of pompous and just uh, the only time that I think he's really interesting is when he is a villain. Ooh. Mm, okay. Well, I haven't gotten that story yet. Yeah. yeah. Dark yeah. Beast from the Age of Apocalypse storyline and yeah. then into into the main 616. Like that is that is peak beast. Yeah. That, that, was a, that was a good era for him. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just kind of just kind of boring there he hasn't nothing really exciting has happened to him or he's kind of around when things happen he's never yeah. the, never the reason or the or the you know any of that and our, our friend paul will not let it go where is his phd from he just disappeared like he went to a fake school <laughs> for mutant children soldiers yeah. and then left for a year came back like oh yeah i'm a doctor now. yeah well, i got this phd don't worry about it. don't look into it 
It's don't look good. into it. Yeah, exactly. It's doctored. It's fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just using uh, Danger Room technology to CGI that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I would probably put Jean Grey as first. I think just because of her awesome power, being an Omega level mutant, having the potential of everything that she's done, and and also just being a genuinely compassionate character lately. She's one that I think, similar to Storm, really cares for her team, cares mm-hmm. for her people. Yeah. I'd probably put Iceman second for a lot of reasons as to why he is on my roster, just because the potential of his power, his characterization just reminds me a lot of myself just being a fun jokester. Yeah. I'm going to say Cyclops as third because of his strategy, because of his leadership and, and because of making the hard choices, Archangel and then Beast. So we only had two different ones. Yeah, All right. Okay. Yeah. Now, Justin, let me ask you a question. Uh-oh. Were you surprised that I remembered who the original five were without <laughs> needing to be prompted? I was. I, honestly, I count that as a success in my book. That's a win. Yeah. Now, uh, to, to flip it back at you, Deese, what, what would your six, six-man six lineup be? Yes. Oh, six-man six lineup. If I had to... Uh, uh, well, H- Havoc, Dazzler, Longshot... Uh, Forge, Saber Tooth. Oh yes, that's good. And um, so, honestly, if I could have it in my world, uh, I would love to put Maverick on that team. I love the character Maverick a lot. Um, Or. Actually, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to pull from the future and go from the X-Men 2099 line and pull Skullfire out of there. Um, Or, you know, that's, you know, I like characters like that. Maybe Bishop. I don't know. Something like that. That would be probably, yeah, yeah, let's let's go modern. We'll say, we'll say Bishop. I like weird kind of obscure, not, not, I mean, obviously Bishop's not super obscure, but I like D-list characters. Those are always, were always the most interesting to me. Um, it had so much potential that was never fully tapped into. Yeah. There's questions around them, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's just, they have so much. And that was why I feel like Claremont was able to do so many great things is because they were all blank slates that he yeah. got, you know, he got this full team of adult superhuman characters that he could just build and, and create whatever he wanted. Yeah. The, I, I love the idea of, uh, I actually had this concept that I've always would love to see, uh, put into effect or like someone write the idea that uh, I feel like long shots power has never been fully tapped into it's a, you know, it's a luck factor based on essentially the pureness of his intent. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where does that end? What's the limit to that? You know, how powerful can he essentially be indirectly? Um, and maybe an interesting dichotomy if the opposite if was in effect if he was had unpure intentions, is, is it like a meter where now he's like bad things are happening to him and it's getting worse Ooh. for him and he essentially becomes like sick uh, to uh, yeah. in, a, in a sense because of that, because of his powers it has a negative. There's a negative cause and effect to it. Essentially, it's not just in one direction. Yeah. 
I feel like that's that's the those are those big questions that you can dig into when it's a character that hasn't had it answered for you. Yeah. And especially the interesting and because as you were talking about Longshot and, and the luck powers, I was thinking about Domino as well. Sure. But yeah. Longshot has the the purity of heart addition of the fact that it's not just a manipulation or a, a, a feeling of luck or the causality of things, but his is actually more rooted in himself yeah there's a there's a there's a dry there's a a cause to it there's a you know there's a uh there has to be something in him that causes it um you know because at some point it's just even it's just a zero right like if he's not doing anything there's no cause but if he's you know uh, good intended then then better things happen so does that does the opposite effect occur that's just like i feel like that'd be a super interesting uh storyline to pursue with that guy yeah yeah and he really he really got i mean both dazzler and Longshot really got put to the side once jim lee came on and and once things kind of got into the 90s they kind of faded away yeah they were really prominent in the outback era yeah that's in that really like i said my one of my favorite eras uh i mean all, all all characters i i love you know i mean polaris also uh again it's yes. those d-list characters i'm into the the ones that are not always at the forefront. Those are my favorites. Yeah. So, um, what about, let's, uh, we've talked about best. Let's talk about least favorite. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk creative teams first. Do you have a least favorite writer or artist? Hmm. Least favorite writer. Uh, you know, so my, and I don't know if I'd say he's my least favorite artist, but I the announcement came out that JRJR is coming back to Marvel, uh, mm. John Romita Jr. Yeah. And I think there's been points of his tenure at Marvel that I've enjoyed. And then there's been points that I, I look at and I was like, this just doesn't look great. Yeah. And I, I just feel like it's really boxy and people look very similar. Uh, I don't want to say he's my least favorite, but that was the first one. It might just be because I was talking about him yesterday in the last couple of days, but he's really good at what he does. What he does isn't a great fit for the X-Men. Like I think no. he was real. I think his Spider-Man stuff is really great. His Hulk stuff is really great. His Thor stuff was really great. Um, but like, it just doesn't fit the X-Men for some reason, because for some reason you need, the book about mutants to be more human. Yeah. Now that I, I loved his run on Spider-Man and, and as I was trying to formulate the, the conversation I was going back and forth with someone on that, that stuck out of my mind immediately. And I feel like with Spider-Man that you have the ability only to, you don't see that he looks similar to this other character because yeah. it's just the one character, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, when you have 18 people on the team, you're like, wow, those 18 people are, is this, is this, <laughs> was, was this the Octomom show? What the hell? Why do they look alike? <laughs> is that Gene or Betsy or Aurora? Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, so John Romita Jr. is an artist. Okay, I get that. Yeah. How about as a writer? Do you have any, any writers that stick out as bad runs, worst, or, uh, or just ones you don't like as much? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, like I have uh, nothing to add to this conversation. Yeah. I, I feel like that's okay. The uh, 
I feel like there's an era between, um, like post Grant Morrison that had a few writers, you know, I mean, uh, Peter Milligan, Chuck Austin, guys like that who kind of had some. Chuck Austin. Yes. Thank you for reminding me of that because yeah, that was, that was just unnecessary in in a handful of ways. Uh, And then there was someone else that was just percolating in my mind. I remember, I distinctly remember Chuck Austin's run, Angel and Husk, and uh, just that that team, yeah. that, that era, I, I remember just paging through and, and buying the issues and just being like, ah, what happened to you guys? <laughs> and I think that's, again, a, an effect of that post-Morrison, what Morrison did to uh, the X-Men universe and really changed it. And again, not necessarily for the better. Um, and we kind of lost what, what that kind of the heart of what the X universe was. Well, it, it's kind of hard to, you know, if when someone, when it's, when it's gone on for so long, Oh, life field, right. That, that was the other one that was like, you know, uh, ah, yeah, sure. He, he, he kind of led that charge into changing the game from a writer focused to a art and and layout focus and started that push out of louise simonson that then led to a push out of chris claremont and it just and i'm not saying it was all his fault you know it was definitely an editorial decision to put that focus put that direction in the hands of the artist i just feel like you're not getting a a full enough story when you're just drawing action layouts yeah well, I mean, those guys, you know, people don't realize how can I how old are you, Justin? Thirty three. Thirty three. OK, I'm a little older than you are. Um, and like I, people don't realize that in the late 80s, early 90s, especially early 90s, like those guys were superstars on a whole other level. Like Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld were literally starring in Levi jeans commercials yeah. like that. That's a thing that happened with <laughs> with Spike Lee. Spike Lee directed a Levi's commercial that Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld were in. Like that's a, what? yeah, that's a thing that happened. Like that's how wildly popular these guys were. So they were so popular that like, and just making so much money for Marvel that Marvel's just kind of like, we just, we're just following the money at this point. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, and they all left and they all, yeah. And then they all left and formed image comics, which, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole other funny, weird thing, especially to be when it first started. Um, and yeah, you lost, you lost these writers who were just seminal writers who had these long-term, uh, great runs that who knows what would have happened if they would have stayed, you know, I mean, they probably probably wouldn't have had the sales boom of the early nineties. Uh, but you wouldn't have had the bust of the mid nineties. Right. So, yeah. And, and, you know, even I'll agree that there were some things that later on in Claremont's run that he kind of was making some decisions that I wasn't crazy about. There was no real core team. There was kind of a handful of various directions. As you hear about what he was talking or thinking about doing, I really wanted to see that the way that he was building up shadow King to be this massive, big, bad. Yeah. Uh, he was going to kill off Xavier by issue 300 and, and Magneto would have officially been, you know, continuing that in statement as the headmaster of the school, the a member of the incredible. team. Right. Like, I feel like <laughs> there were some things that he was playing with. 
there was the 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 era after the siege perilous so it was like right after the outback but before things came back yeah and really started like extinction agenda is great the the mirror island saga is great and then you know i i think the in-between of outback and those two really kind of lost me in, in a handful of ways because they were just very independent stories that, that didn't feel like x-men yeah, there is that kind of weird era. I mean, we got Gambit out of that era, but that's about, again, that was kind of like a one and a half issue story with this character. And then he kind of became attached to the team a little bit. But um, beyond that, yeah, it was very meandering up until, uh, kind of up until about the, you know, the launch of X-Men number one. And, you know, when yeah. that when that happened and then things kind of changed and, you know, then Claremont was... I mean, I think he only wrote like the first four, six issues of that series. The first three, that was basically his severance package was uh, they, they had, he, he didn't write the plots. That was him and Jim Lee co-plotting together. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. He had already done that and had no interest in returning back to, they wanted X-Men back in the mansion. Magneto's a bad guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. We just did this one. Yeah. Yeah, We have that, that coming out um, this week, uh, next week. Oh, okay. You guys just went through X Men, the uh, that nineties adjectiveless X Men. Yeah, not yeah. a fan. Not a fan. No. Well, I they think they did Magneto dirty. <laughs> they changed him. They yeah, they changed him back to be the big bad, the big villain. Um, and they also tricked him. You know, the, yeah. the the acolytes, the Corsair, not Corsair, uh, Fabian Cortez, really whispering in his ear about the flat scans and really driving his action. I feel like that. They he just wanted to retire on asteroid M. Just he's leave just, the man alone. He just wanted to chill out on his space base. And you got these jerks coming up with their master plan on manipulation and taking down the humans. Yeah. So yeah, and it uh, that did change. Yeah, that that again, that's an era that changed. Uh, you know, that really blew the X Men universe in a different direction too, because um, you know that's around the time. Uh, you know, X Force, uh, X Factor went from the original team to being, uh, you know, the Peter David run. Which um, I don't know if you guys have touched on that, but the Peter David run on X Factor is that guy is. I mean, he's st- he up until like four years ago, he was writing X Factor and writing some of the best books out there. Yeah, I, I love the original Peter David run. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. The and especially uh, Larry Stroman. And his character designs really, really stuck out. And, and just that art. Um, the one thing that I will say that Alicia knows, because we've gotten to it in the cartoon, is the Nasty Boys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she just can't, ha- she can't handle, she can't handle Sinister's Nasty Boys. I just no, you need can't. to hear the song. Nasty. <laughs> like it just needs to play get janet i mean it was you know i mean alicia was like 93 that's what we we're talking it's what you know things were different different uh, times yeah i just i gorgeous like, george gorgeous george slab, slab. Yeah, yeah ruckus yeah. like i'm here for it it was just uh highly unexpected when i was like who are these who are these people and justin is like oh those are the nasty boys <laughs> oh them's my nasty boys. i was like excuse Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah it, it sounds like uh you know the first pitch for magic mike uh it's called <laughs> exactly. the nasty boys like yeah we're gonna have to change that name but i like what you're working with here uh, coming to the stage <laughs> sinister's nasty boys yeah Sinister. that actually feel that actually could be a thing that's a those are 
legitimate names. That's uh, a yeah. XXXmen. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the show, I mean, uh, is there? Do you guys? Is this show just going to go in perpetuity for you guys? Do you hope? I mean, you can't run out of material. What's the What's the idea long term for this? You're going through. I mean, you went through the House of X stuff, or uh, so now you're just going through past kind of cherry picking different episodes and things. So the idea, especially for season two, was to highlight the key moments, what Marvel contextualized as the seminal moments in X-Men history, but also to pick out the stories that gave you the foundation, gave you the the juxtaposition to the modern stories. So finding ways to connect with fans, no matter where they're at, in terms of their interest in X-Men as a franchise. But long term, I think it's open to what it evolves into. I We had an interview with a comics researcher in Canada who he does this Twitter project microblogging on the Claremont run and he, he like studies and, and had broken down a lot of larger themes and ideas from that and I feel like that could be something interesting to look at it in a different way I think that there's opportunity to find new approaches to to tell the story of X-Men yeah, Justin refers to it as my ex-education. <laughs> and I, I I, would like to get to a point where I'm not continuously confused. Yeah. And um, I can start adding more than just my sassy little quips to the conversation. I mean, we do like when we're going through an, an issue, like I'll think about it in terms of like, what is, how does this relate to the real world? Or what are my larger thoughts on the universe as a whole? But yeah, I think like, just continuing to have conversations with people in the community and offering like our insight on the books and how they relate to things or where the stories are going, where we want to see them going and just like staying as part of the X community, like as that evolves, will evolve with it, I think is kind of, I would, we, we have no plans of like being like, and we're done. We're, we're in it for the long haul. I think. Nice. Cause I think once, once we, so I don't know how we'll do it. We've kind of gone back and forth in conversation of catching up to where they are with yeah. the weekly books. But I feel like once we were to get there, you would have a foundation, yeah. right? And and it, then the, the theme of the podcast kind of shifts and we discuss how it might shift because you're no longer reacting as a new reader. And especially if you've listened to the podcast, you're also not really reacting as a, I don't know who this is or what this is. You know, you have that ability to, but then, it, then both the podcast and X Men become this thing. Like, how do I jump in? Where do I start? Yeah. Um, and and I feel like that's why you know you can approach it from a different lens, or you can start picking at mm-hmm. you know a specific topic that shows throughout generations. You know, we could we could do a season about the mutant metaphor. You know, we could do a season about just different representation. And I feel like there's a lot more opportunity to discuss it as a whole continuity when you have that foundation of understanding. Yeah. Justin is the mastermind. These are you, the, you, all of this comes from this brain, <laughs> not, not this brain, that you, brain, not this brain. You know, he blows my mind regularly when he was like, I've got a plan. And then <laughs> the season unfolds. And I'm like, how did you, cause I don't tell her, he I don't tell her anything. anything. She doesn't know what issue we're doing until we're doing it. And it, it's just, hey, respond to this, react to this. As a new yeah. fan, as someone that has never experienced this comic, how does it hit you? Even when we're, so we are doing, we are like in the process of 
getting to catching up. And so what we're doing with the Dawn of X is I'm actually reading the issues and then we're talking about them okay. where most of the time I haven't read it at all. But like, I like do my homework and I take my notes and then we get ready to record and I say like, hey, what are we doing today? And Justin will be like, oh, we're doing Marauders. And I'll be like, oh, let me pull up my notes. So I really don't have any clue what we're going to talk about until we talk about it. Well, something I learned about you too is that you guys both uh, do improv, uh, which uh, which is great. I loved hearing that because actually I I done a lot of improv my my day too. I teach a eight week uh, comedy and improv class actually, and um, <laughs> I I love improv. So I love the idea. Uh, so like this show we're doing now has evolved a lot over the years. I used to have a whole. Uh, staff. I had a producer. I had a news anchor, and I did. You know, it was like a whole show. We'd have guests, and I always. I've had I don't know three or f- four different news anchors over the you know seven years I've been doing this show, and I used to t- always tell them like, I don't ever want to know what news you bring in. Like I hired you to do this because I trust you to bring in news that's fun, and I'll react to it. Like because if if you know, like you know this doing improv, you start pre-thinking of like. Right. jokes right. and then they become contrived and then they're like just reacting purely off the top is the best way to do the show i think yeah and and it allows us to just have a genuine conversation yeah it's not you know what what pithy thing can i say or how do i how do i shock you or you know get you to but but really just experiencing the thing that we're talking about in real time and reacting. That's probably one of my favorite things about the podcast is that it's just a genuine conversation between Justin and I that like, even if there's something that we both prepared for, we don't share that preparation with each other. So like I have my thoughts, he has his thoughts, but you know, we'll go back and forth. And that happens sometimes in interviews. Like we'll get questions from people like, hey, we'd like to interview you. And they give us the questions and I don't hear what Justin's responses are. He doesn't tell me anything. (laughs) And like, that's, I think, yeah, that's just my favorite part that we could be genuinely like Justin and Alicia and we're not trying to be anything that we're not. There was the one episode, and it was Excalibur, the new series, where I was like, can you please send me your questions beforehand? Because there's a lot. There's a <laughs> lot that's just kind of being brought. You know, the Excalibur, the original run, we are, we're talking about guesting on, a, on an Excalibur-based podcast, and they talk about how it just starts in media res. It just starts in the middle of the story without giving you a backstory. It's just you're here, they're reacting, and you're reacting. And Excalibur, the new series, very much does that, but like folded in on itself mm-hmm. with the decades of continuity before it. So huh. they're not going to tell you what other world is or who necessarily the Braddocks are or give no. you much of a, a backstory between Kanan and, and Betsy Braddock oh, and, God, and the body swap retcon slash mishap of the early to mid 90s. Yeah, that I'm just not, doesn't come out. It's just referenced. Yeah. yeah. He I, asked me a questions and I didn't. <laughs> there's a lot of... Man, I, I read all that stuff and I don't know if I'm still clear on who was the real Betsy and where the British one is. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that stuff was a little confusing. That it, it's when happens when multiple writers approach the same idea but didn't necessarily know the intent or change some of the intent, right? So 
that that's a that's a wormhole. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I listened back to it and I was like, honestly, on the fly, I did a pretty good job. Uh, we'll we'll still we'll still talk about it when we talk about Fallen Angels, but the the split between Betsy and Conan is is a difficult topic to dissect. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten that far. Are they split? Are they both exist now? Oh yeah. man. Okay, I gotta see. I have the first trade of Fallen Angels and Excalibur in my read pile, uh, but I mean I literally have a read pile of probably 70 trade paperbacks right now like um because i yeah i I, like like i said i I spent those years where i didn't read from like 2014 20 i don't know whenever bendis did all new x-men uh with the time Time displaced displaced. x-men i read that series and then at the end of that series is just kind of i stopped reading and then until now so i'm going back and trying to read all that stuff uh and then i'm gonna dive deeper into hickman's uh run i uh uh i'm trying to prepare because on the dollar bin podcast in may i'm doing x may so every episode is going to be all x-men all may long um did uh did you read through the gold blue and red series then the so the one that that came out what in 2017 yeah 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 so i that was actually I almost got back into comics around that time. Uh, I started with Golden Blue, and that was towards the end of the tenure of the Time Displaced X-Men. Yeah. Right? And then I just I didn't continue with it, but I liked some of the things that they were doing. And then I've since gone back and read Red just because of how well I've heard it was received in contrast to Blue and Gold. Yeah. It was definitely... A, they're They're very they're interesting uh i have a lot of thoughts on on those ones uh but i'm trying to yeah i'm trying to catch up and get back to where you guys are now and be on the you know be able to read those and uh hopefully enjoy them which sorry go ahead know that hoxpox is kind of a a reset right so yeah it reset light you know it is it is very much so a they bill it as a jumping on point i would interrogate that a little bit because i don't feel like it gives you a whole lot of context on jumping in because there's all this referential back matter yeah but it is kind of a a new way into a different era of the books yeah yeah it seemed like a kind of a not a reset or reboot but definitely a you know yeah kind of a weird imagining yeah yeah in a sense without without erasing history but kind of giving you a, a a new definitely a new status across the board um what of the new books uh would you guys say are the best you guys probably have different answers which one's your favorite though out of all the new titles so she's only read the first issues of the original six Mm -hmm. so that's x-men marauders new mutants x-force excalibur and fallen angels okay of the ones that i've read i would choose marauders and x-force okay those are my two faves. Marauders, the first issue was, I would say, very good. X-Force also, yes, I would agree. Those were, uh, yeah. I Again, I read them in the trade, so I read, you know, five to six issues at a time and yeah. kind of judge it off of that. Uh, I have the trades that are, like, all issue once, all issue two. Oh, the... All, so Justin got me them, like, back those, for Christmas. Okay. So I can read them 
All the ones, all the twos. That's, so I've yeah. done the ones. And now and, I and, have to continue. And that, I feel like, is a conversation of how are you supposed to enjoy this as a story, right? I obviously read it more similarly to what she did because I was reading them as they were coming out. Yeah. So I, I read the weeklies and... I, I love binge reading a story to actually build off of the character. So to get that trade paperback, whenever I reread an arc, I'm reading, you know, one through six yeah. of one title. So you really get those plot points furthered. Um, my favorite now are probably Sword and Hellions. Okay. Sword is good? Uh, Sword is great, yeah. Sword is really good. Uh, there, I mean... It's interesting because it's been roped into King in Black, which is the big crossover yeah. event that's happening in Marvel. But what they're able to do with a King in Black backdrop, but also tell a much larger story of what could be the next steps of the mutant world is really interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm like in instinctively trying not to give too much away. I can hear myself. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll have to try. I I, ha I think that's the only one I haven't picked up the first trade of of the new series. Every other series I've I've picked up and read or just have and need to. Read. But it might not have come out with a trade just yet because I think it's only on issue four. Oh, okay. Four, then that, so, so it's still pretty fresh. Okay, then I don't feel too bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. Uh, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. The uh, so what about uh, in general? Is there other are you into other comic books or is it just X-Men? I mean, for me, it's just X-Men. They're my, they're my first and I'm still just trying to catch up. I'm, yeah. I like, I'm still buried yeah. and I'm making my way up to the top. So I always love your, I was first, a really big so. Spider-Man fan back in the day and still occasionally am. Yeah. I've been reading crossover and I've also been reading, uh, strange Academy, which, I like the idea of, and then the walking dead. I read some of them when oh, the I've show like came out Okay, and they've been releasing extended color reprint books of the original issues. And yeah. I've been picking those up and the, it's just nice to revisit. I feel like the show kind of fell off oh. into oblivion where we just, Oh man. Yeah. That yeah. I, that's another thing I heard you guys talking about on the, uh, one of the episodes was the walking dead and debating on whether you would call yourself fans. Um, uh, I, th I think most people fall into that category cause I like that show a lot and I don't Until, watch shows. I, I don't yeah. really watch shows. I got stuck on the walking dead cause I, they were probably on their second season and I got really sick and I was, uh, uh, I didn't even have Netflix at the time or anything like that. And I just like, I was in bed for days. I'm like, well, I got an email, like, free week of Netflix. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And I just binge-watched the first two. Yeah, and I binge-watched the first two seasons. And then I kind of kept watching for a few seasons. And then I remember around, like, season probably six or seven, I just remember watching one episode and being like, I don't like this show. And I don't think I have for, like, two years. Why the <laughs> fuck am I watching this show? <laughs> like, what, like I don't, I don't care at all anymore. Yeah. yeah. We we were like we were big fans. We were big like, fans for a we while. We had a Walking Dead wedding cake. Okay, <laughs> like we were in it to win it. Well, well, the they were like accessories on the wedding. Cake. Yeah. Well, yeah. I made comic sure. paper flowers, but anyway. <laughs> and honestly, and there was a the 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 topper 
was yeah the topper was like a, was a guy a shooting, guy a, shooting zombie. a zombie like from behind with the girl with a sword the zombies popping up out of the ground you i know? love it i was all about it but it was just a couple of things happened and things got repetitive then i was angry at some choices that they made characters started to leave yeah yeah and we started to really divert from what we knew from the comics. Like now we have, we're still, we still record it on our DVR and like the new season has started and we don't, we haven't watched it where it used to be like the Sunday only night. show sure, that yeah. we would actually watch when it was on at the real time. And we would like, later, so yeah, we could skip through we just wait 20 minutes to skip the commercials, but we would be like Sunday night. We're watching the Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, required now. viewing. The, yeah. Is this the last season? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, are they? Do you guys know? Are they still talking about making a movie? I know that was like the idea they were going to make a movie with what's his name who played Rick. With Rick. Yeah, let me just say, if they don't, I'm going to be like pissed. Yeah, because I was <laughs> that, promised that story, and I need like this is what I'm saying. That's a like, thread that it. you can't just you can't just dangle. She's gonna yeah. Like, I'm specifically Scott Gimple. Watch out. <laughs> specifically, like making myself because I really liked Fear the Walking Dead when it first started which is like the secondary show. Is that still happening? Is that yes. still a show? It is still happening. And there's supposedly some connection between The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead and what the movie will be. So I'm forcing myself, and there's a third show that we haven't started watching, but yeah. I'm forcing myself to watch the current, the catch up on Fear because I'm, I need to know how they connect. Yeah. So I'm just saying if they don't do the movie and it doesn't connect, I'm going to be a very angry fan. Yeah. Well, they, I think they will. They, they just, uh, I mean, it was only, I mean, less than a year ago now. Who knows? This last year was kind of a blur, a time suck. But like it was about a yeah. about a year ago, they just, you know, Kirkman just ended the comic book series, didn't announce it. Just, you know, people are just reading what they thought was their monthly issue. And then they're like, the end, yeah. it's over. Like they didn't announce it, which I honestly, I love that way of ending a series too. Like it's not a big thing. We just like what a shock as a reader yeah. you know that's a true yeah. way to end something well especially if the creator knows going in it's fine if the fan doesn't know yes. going into that last issue but if the creator knows and yeah. they're able to tie up their threads they're able to give you some sense of closure then that's a good ending that that is i like yeah he at least he was able to do what he wanted to do uh that brings up a good point this is actually sorry this is a, a little you know tangent back towards x-men this is something i want to ask uh, okay. ask you guys about um, I don't know Alicia how equipped you'll be for this question but feel free to field it um, if uh, if you if you feel you can um, how do you feel about um, as an X-Men fan about Wolverine's definitive origin so I, no I felt <laughs> I feel like Wolverine was cooler when he was a mystery and I feel like when you start to put a timeline to it and when you start to peel back all of that, you know, the first Wolverine miniseries, when you get more, that was great. Yeah. And even even some of the, what, uh, Barry Windsor Smith's... The Marvel Comics Presents. Yeah, the Weapon yeah. X story. That was great. So right. that that is like him getting his adamantium. That's a cool story. That's a cool point. I don't need to see Wolverine as a child in, you know, whatever year it was. And yeah. his, you know, like... I have origin, you know, I have that. Sure. Uh, I just felt like that peeled back a little bit too much of the mystery that was this enigmatic character, that that he was cool because of his detachment from his past. And when you reveal that past, 
you're kind of like okay like <laughs> yeah well is it is it, it's the it's proving the adage that less is more sometimes right you know? right i mean part of his appeal in that he was a badass is it like we don't know who knows what this guy did you know we have he no know, yeah right? he's right. just this this giant enigma and that's so interesting and yeah you know like you said i you know i have origin i read it uh it's a good it's a fun story but at the end of the day it makes wolverine a lesser character i feel like i'd agree yeah i feel like you know for what it was it was a good enough story i love the cuberts and their art yeah. uh yeah. i i just feel like for the longevity for the art of wolverine as a character that didn't really do him any service that didn't really do me as a fan any service to know that in the big picture of things. I mean, I, I I don't know what it is, but I will say that if you have a character who has been left, like that information has been left up to the fans to have it as their own idea or to make assumptions based on how he interacts with other people or to like let little pop-ups happen throughout his continuity. Makes it more engaging. When you, yeah. when you then tell them, no, this is what it is, like you're inevitably going to ruin it for people because they have their own idea in their mind of what it is. And they've had that idea for years and years and years. Yeah. And it's just like, that's like that. Who knows? Like Wolverine, I'm the lone wolf. I don't have to tell you my business. Like that's who he is. And then you're just like, no, nah, let me tell you his business. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and don't. Just just that tell me his business. That idea of like swimming constantly in Wolverine as a character and kind of thinking and and again just not knowing and thinking it could be anything, you know. He could have he could have just been hanging out working construction for 50 years or maybe he was, you know, who who knows? Who knows? Yeah. And uh that do they give you an eight? Do they tell you like he was born on this time? Like, yeah, did they, they ruin the? Yeah, it's like eighteen mid eighteen hundreds Canada. Uh, you know, like Alberta, Canada. Yeah. I mean, they give you time, place. They they stamp everything. No, uh, Wolverine is who knows how old Wolverine is. Yeah, right. I'm, not, I'm upset. Yeah, it, we'll uh, read it. <laughs> we'll read it eventually. It'll, it'll be an episode eventually, right? Yeah. Uh, um so guys outside of the show uh tell us a little bit about yourself uh outside of the show what do you i mean improvise you teach uh, you, justin i heard you teach I improvising yeah so i teach and perform improv i mean that's been a little touch and go in in the age of sure. uh where we're at but that had you know for the last eight years or so has really been a, a passion of mine and, and really sharing that with other people especially i think it was right before you know this time last year uh, every day after work, I was doing something improv related, whether it be wow. teaching a class, yeah. coaching a team, practicing for my own teams or performing, I was doing something improv related and, and getting on stage and just, that was one of my friends, Greg would say like, that was our church, you know, being able to meet and, and have community and, and be together and, and create something and, and to feel like, you know, not know what was going to happen or what you were going to do, get goosebumps, you know, I'm getting the feels all about it. I, I love improv and that whole idea of just show and go and yeah. just who knows what's going to happen um professionally i'm a video producer okay and i work in the marketing department doing video content and it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's, i love video stuff and i love doing stuff it's it's just it, it pays the bills and you know sure yeah i mean it's a job are you guys where are you, where are you guys based out of rhode island. rhode island you're in rhode island okay right on yeah Nice. So I 
am uh, primarily a dancer and a choreographer. So I run a dance company called Metamorphosis Dance Company, which is part of a larger company, which is called 1031 Productions, which is doing like living art performances for special events. It's like our base, which special events are still on hold, but they're making their way back. (laughs) Um, But we do like living statues, character acting. So like we'll show up, like I'll show up at an event and I'm Alice and I just I just get that's kind of like my improvising is like yeah. being a character at an event and just interacting with people as that character. Um, and then the the dance company has a space and we do like classes and workshops and custom performances. So someone could say like, I want a flapper dance and we'll make a flapper dance or I want something super avant-garde and we'll make that. And, you know, I, I coach a dance team, a college dance team. And, um, yeah, choreograph when people are like, Hey, Alicia, can you choreograph this thing? I'm like, yes. And I love, I've, because of my work with 1031 and costumes and things like that. And I've always loved Halloween. I'm a big, I'm big into cosplay. Like now, especially that I'm into the comics, I have, I have five costumes currently in the works like that. I've just, I'm like, Ooh, let me start another costume. Ooh, let me start. What are some of the, what are some of the costumes you've done? So I have my my prize costume is a Winifred Sanderson costume. Um, I started like it with just making like grabbing some things from Savers and putting it together. And then uh, a friend of mine got married this past October and she asked me if I would perform. I put a spell on you at her wedding. So I spent a couple months like amping up my costume <laughs> to really like give it that sassy Winifred touch. Yeah. Um, so I have that. I have a post-apocalyptic summer from Rick and Morty. Uh, so we it's met. just like from one one episode, she's like in an apocalypse outfit. We met Justin Roiland, the co-creator of Rick and Morty. And when we were going to meet him at a Comic-Con, he was like, oh, oh, and you too? And you too? There were like four of us. And he's like, you're all one group? And blew his mind. He's like, <laughs> find me later. This is awesome. Like, yeah. you guys are amazing. Yeah. I was I was Rick. And yeah. that was, that's probably one of my favorite things to be. Do you have the green just... slime coming down and everything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got a, and, and a flask in my pocket. Nobody knows what's inside. <laughs> don't question just, me. Don't question me. And, oh, well, I have a Peggy Carter who has evolved. Okay. So she's been like, you know, business shields, Peggy Carter. And then I um, I didn't make myself, but I ordered a like Captain America cosplay costume that I wear underneath a actual like vintage jacket that we, we found at a thrift store. That's like a real like someone's old army jacket that I bought like shield pins for and stuff. And so, I was actually talking about that at the comic shop the other day because we went to New York Comic Con and she was that and I was Peter Parker Spider-Man, which oh, yeah. is, is a very simplistic idea of just a couple of details, but it's a plastic face mask that we cut in half and glued glasses on and then made Spider-Sense. Oh, okay. Off. So like you look at it and you're like, oh my God, that's, that's Peter Parker, that's Spider-Man. And everyone wanted to take my picture always and she was so pissed because she spent all this time like i'm i'm just wearing a, a t-shirt like a spider-man t-shirt underneath my button down yeah. 
this mask and people are like you're you're Peter Parker you're Spider-Man and I'm like Can't... okay cool yes yeah. he is uh, yeah I didn't do anything don't worry this picture? is how yeah. I dress oh, every yeah. day oh yeah could you get out of the picture so I yeah. can take can it. you take our picture for us uh, yeah <laughs> America woman <laughs> America woman but I am making I just I'm like almost done with an Emma Frost making a Polaris a comic Wanda a WandaVision Wanda oh wow um, and a Kate, like Marauders Kate. Okay, so there's six. And the Hellfire Gala Kate look. Oh, you're going for the whole thing. You got a you got a bunch going. Yeah, just a few, Too like many. just happening all over the place at once. <laughs> I've I've got a Jason Wingard. Yeah. And that's that's it. That that's basically yeah, I got I got Rick, I got Peter Parker. Basically, I, I'm only gonna cosplay if I want to just mouth off as a character for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> And that's gonna make it fun for me. It's gonna make it fun for the people, and and no no props, no, Wait, nothing did, yeah. nothing uncomfortable. Did I say Polaris? You did, yeah. yeah. Okay, too many. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, um, guys, uh, you guys got a lot going on. I look forward to listening to more episodes of the show. Uh, I enjoyed what I heard, and I love uh, listening to more stuff about the X Men. So, um, I'll tell you what. Once I catch up on all the X Men Hickman stuff. We should do this again, and we'll talk about the new stuff. How about that? Yes, that Love sounds it. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, this is great. Yeah, this um, is a lot of fun. You guys, uh, tell everyone where they can find you, social media, the podcast, when it comes out, all that stuff. Yes, you can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at The Ex-Wife Podcast, and that is T-H-E-X-W-I-F-E, as in X-Men, not former wife and my mom hates the name <laughs> because of just the fact that like why would you call it, why why it yeah. just makes me feel bad it's we're like don't worry it's not going it's not going to happen that way and you can also find us at the xwifepodcast.com and you can find us our podcast on all the podcast sources yep, we're on all the all the sources spotify apple podcasts pandora google play store all right the whole nine yards any of them so go, guys, go uh, follow uh, Justin and Alicia, follow the show, The Ex-Wife Podcast. Uh, give them a like, subscribe, listen. And uh, whether you're a comic book fan or not, there's a lot. They talk about all sorts of stuff, other fandom things, and just fun, random conversation. So make sure you guys check it out. And, uh, yeah, we'll do this again once I've caught up to uh, Hickman's run, and then I can give you my full rundown and thoughts about what's happening and whether I love it or hate it. Because so far I'm torn. I'm torn. And I haven't even read Hickman's actual X-Men yet. Just the ancillary stuff. So we'll see. It'll be an exciting conversation. (laughs) I'll tell you, X-Men is good. Uh, I think X-Men is good, especially once you hit issue four. Then it's like, okay, this is this is doing things. I I am excited. I like Hickman. Uh, I'm very open minded to new eras and different ideas, despite having my favorites. But uh, uh, yeah. You'll, we will see. So, um, all right, guys. Uh, anything else before we get out of here today? Or no? Just thank you so much for having us. Yeah. this was a lot of fun, and I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely, guys. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, everyone, for the uh, uh, again, go to deescomedy.com. Check out the calendar. Everything going on uh, around the network. And uh, for Justin and Alicia and the Ex Wife Podcast, and uh, I've been Deese and the Social Hour. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next week. Uh-huh.